Why does Moo why does Moo have a coat on? She's got sores on her feet. <laughs> Moo! Oh my god. <laughs> Hi Moo! Moo? Are Hi, you okay? Are you Oh man? Are you stuck on the stairs? You can't go up. She's like, uh mom. This she has a sore on her foot and then she keeps licking it. I mean, aggressively licking it. Why so did she get a sore? I think maybe from running in the, on the disc golf course. I'm not really sure how she got it, but it's there and she won't leave it alone. She doesn't like the cone. You can tell she's very sad. Sarah, sometimes she just stands there with her head down with the most pitiful eyes on in the whole world, trying to make me feel like the worst person in the world. I swear she does it on purpose. Well, yeah, she does it on purpose. <laughs> she doesn't want the cone on. I'm sorry, Moo. It hurts her feelings, Mom. Okay. Anyway, look at my shirt. I know you just showed me touchdown drinker. I'm wearing it in honor of our very new quarterback, Sam Darnold. Nice. And the crowd goes wild. I am so excited. So I got it at Belk. The shirt at Belk in. Why do you keep saying it like that? Belk. 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 How do you say it? How do you say it? Belk. I guess. I guess I say it like that. Literally too. the exact same way that I say it. Belk. But I just feel like you really put emphasis on the. K. Belk. Back to my shirt. I was in Belk. Don't make fun of me for saying that. In Belk. I was at Belk in Newburn, North Carolina. And I hear through the grapevine that Belk is going under, like under, under. Oh, yes, Christine. And I don't Where know Where did you hear true. this from? I feel like it was, they, they filed for whatever bankruptcy that like a lot of the other, um, like Macy's. Yes. Retailers department filed for, yeah. Department stores. Thank you during COVID. And so I don't know if it's like necessarily a legitimate thing, but I was like, okay, they did have store closing signs like all over the place at the Belk that I went to. Um, and so I got this, I got a full suit. I got a pair of joggers and let me guess the price. Okay. Wait, is, is that it? A full yeah, that's suit, it. Just suit a things. pair of joggers and that t-shirt for $32. Oh my God. I wish. No. Oh, okay. I really limited. shot low. This I really shot limited. Low. So it was like all together was like $85, but my, my receipt said That's you saved, I almost saved $300. I know. This is why I love Belk. I know it's absolutely amazing. So I'm pretty sure I got things that were like buy one, get, like, I think the suit was buy one, get one free. It was already marked down. Everything was crazy on clearance. So I got the shirt and I'm like, well, I'm sure there'll be a perfect time before football season for me to wear it. And here we are. Before football season, whenever we get a brand new quarterback on Tuesday, April 6th at 4.14 PM. And it was just 24 hours ago that a very shocking notification from, from Bleacher Report came across my phone and the Carolina Panthers signed Sam Darnold from the New York Jets as our new starting quarterback. And I, I needed a little bit of time to digest, right? We had a few of our followers who DM'd us on Instagram and they were like, thoughts, what do you think? 
how are we supposed to feel? And I'm just like, you need to feel however you want to feel. But it took me 24 <laughs> hours to really digest and and kind of get a handle on who Sam Darnold is because we didn't really hear much about him because he, he was really- playing for the Jets. Correct. And so and he did not, he was not equipped with the, with the tools that he needed to be a good quarterback. Yes, exactly. And what's really cool, Christine is, okay. So he's still in his rookie contract and rookie contracts, um, are notorious for being, um, much less than much less expensive than like a huge contract or so like a quarterback out of one year out of their rookie contract will make crazy amounts of, of money. Right. But their rookie contract right out of college, it's kind of like a little bit of a longer contract where they don't make as much money. So he's on the last year, really the last two years um, of his contract. And there's $23 million over the next two years. Right. So the Mm -hmm. first year he's in his contract within the second year, he will be in what's called a, or the team that he is playing on will have what's called a team option. Now there are player options and there are team options, right? So this is right. So the player option means the player has the option to stay or to go into free agency for that extra for that last year. The team option is the team has the option to keep the player for the last year or release that player into free agency. So who decides whether he's team or player? It's all, it's all in his contract. So his agent Uh, and him negotiate the contract with the, with their team, whatever. So at the time it was with the jets. Right. mm -hmm. And, um, they said, you know, it's a four-year, I don't know the actual terms of his contract, but let's say it's a four-year deal with a fifth year team, um, team option. And so Sam Darnold at the time and his agent were like, yes, we sign it. And now the Panthers will be taking on the rest of his contract. And we have one more year of his, of his actual contract. And then the last year, which will be in 2022, um, will be a team option. So I'm pretty sure the Panthers have already come out and said, we are going to go ahead and exercise our right as the, um, to have the team option to have Sam Darnold for the next two years. So Mm -hmm. it gives him a little bit of time, right? It's not just saying, Similar to what we prove yourself with Cam Newton. Nice, Christine. You are learning. I saw it all up here. Yes, you are so smart. So anyway, he's got two years. That being said, I needed to do a little bit of research on him, right? To see if I agreed with this trade, um, because the Panthers really didn't give up much. I think we gave, um, gave up like a sixth round draft pick and a few future draft picks, but apart from just taking on, um, his contract, we really didn't give up much. Right. So how good of a player is Sam Darnold? So did you watch any of the jets games last year? I mean, not really. I I've watched a couple of jets games. I have a really good friend from college. Who's a huge jets fan. Yeah. And I love to keep up with him because it's so like watching it from the perspective of a jets fan, you can just see how frustrating it is to be a jets fan because they're just so chronically bad. Right. Okay. And- so is that Sam Darnold's fault is kind of what yeah. I, the mindset that I went into whenever I went to look for him, because for those of you that are just tuning in, this is episode 26. First of all, shame on you. Just kidding. But second of all, you should know <laughs> by now that Christine and I are huge Carolina Panthers fans, right? So this isn't just huge national news. This hits very close to home because we are both from Charlotte. I, Sarah, am currently in Charlotte, right? Um, we've had season tickets uh, for the years for the year that we were 15 and one, um, you know, Christine and I live within walking distance of the stadium. So needless to say, we're huge Carolina Panthers fans. So 
when I say we, I mean, Christine and I, but also we as Carolina Panthers fans. So I go and I'm looking into Sam Darnold and there was, you know, one big glaring negative of a stat that I can't let go of. And it is okay. He has 45 touchdowns with the jets, right? Mm -hmm. 39 interceptions. Wow. So the question is, is that because he is just that inaccurate or is that because he didn't have the right offensive linemen, which are those big guys in front of the quarterback, you guys that protect him, which he didn't. Right. So they didn't do a good job of protecting him. So he was constantly rushed. And then he didn't have the assets, the receivers to catch the ball. Um, Maybe they bobbled it. They were tackled and they bounced it up into the air and it got intercepted. So without actually looking at all 39 of those interceptions before we got on, I don't know if that's a Sam Darnold issue or if it was a, you know, a weapons issue at from the jets of why he threw so many interceptions. I mean, I think that from the very start, the Jets just did not equip him with the weapons that he needed to excel. It's hard to kind of put, uh, you know, with interceptions, it's kind of hard because it's like, okay, well, he obviously just threw it to the wrong player, but he didn't have anybody to throw it to. He didn't have an offensive line. There was horrible coaching. Yeah. There's no running game. Right. Like I just, it's hard to put all the blame on the Jets, but it's also kind of like whenever you think about the big picture, it seems like the Jets are the problem. And I do think that whenever Sam Darnold comes to the Carolina Panthers, he's going to have the weapons that he needs to excel. And also the coaches, right? So when you yeah. say weapons, Christine, when Christine says weapons, what she means is exactly what we were just talking about, right? So the linemen, um, the ones that are going to protect him so that he doesn't get tackled, um, the wide receivers, right? So the people who are going to be catching his balls and are going to be, you know, strong receivers so that they're not bobbling, popping the passes up, not running their routes the correct way, which is what was happening at the Jets. And last but not least, one of our favorites, which... I know I've definitely talked some up and downs about, I think I said that I would be more than happy to trade Christian McCaffrey if it meant that we were going to get a really good quarterback. But in this case, we got a really good quarterback and still get to keep Christian McCaffrey. So mm-hmm. Sam Darnold not is only going to have amazing receivers, which he does have a history with Robbie Anderson. I don't know if you knew that, but Robbie Anderson, one of the biggest receivers for the Panthers used to play with him at the jets. Um, and our offensive line. So we still have the eighth overall pick in this, the draft this year. And so I can see us kind of going one of two ways, right? I think we could potentially pick an O lineman in the first round, which would be a huge statement to say, all right, Sam Darnold, you're our guy and we want to protect you. And we don't want any excuses, right? We don't want you. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen. I hope that they come through and just I don't, you think it'll happen in the first, in the first round though? Cause I feel like that's not really a I don't uh, know. typical, I don't know. We'll see what a lot of people are saying is that we're still going to get a quarterback. So we'll have a young quarterback that's fresh out of college. And, you know, for the two years that we have Sam Darnold, our quarterback that we get in the draft, will be behind him learning from him um, and go and, ahead and get rid of Teddy. Teddy. Yeah. Teddy's I don't think there's really any, as the Asenia said on our story, Teddy Bridgewater is 
water <laughs> under the bridge. Nice, Yesenia. That was the best. <laughs> so anyway, yes. I mean, I there's so many different places that have been discussed that Teddy Bridgewater is going to go. I think he's going to go be a backup quarterback somewhere. I don't think he's going to start for a team. He was definitely just in Carolina for a transition year. And there is some uh, drama there with him and the Panthers. I think we talked about it. He unfollowed them on Instagram. And so it's a little rocky of a relationship. And then as soon as we picked up Sam Darnold, I think that was the exclamation mark on Teddy to say, bye, see ya, good luck, go be a backup quarterback somewhere else. We don't want you. Yeah, I'm excited about Sam Darnold. I'm excited about Sam Darnold too. I, I'm really excited to see his potential come through because I think if he has it, it's going to come through in Carolina. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. So while we're on NFL quarterbacks, Christine, Sam Darnold coming to the pa- the Panthers, we've got to talk about our MVP quarterback um, from last year, Aaron Rodgers, who is the guest host on Jeopardy for the next two weeks. He started yesterday on April 5th and he will be there for a two week stint. Were you able to watch it? I didn't watch. I watched some of it today. So it was the day after, cause I'm pretty sure it was on during the game last night. Wasn't it? Or was it on before? It was right before. I think it was seven 30 to eight. Okay. So I didn't watch it cause I forgot about it, but I watched some of it today and he did such a good job and it was so cute. Oh my gosh. With his little comb over. He looked so professional. There was talk about and his suit. I know adorable. Yes. And there was talk about him cutting his hair for the role. And he was just like, I mean, I thought about it. And I even thought about cutting my mustache to kind of, you know, give tribute to Alex Trebek, but Aww. he did. He said that he just didn't have the mustache for it. So he didn't want to do it, but that is so funny. Well, speaking of Alex Trebek, so Alex Trebek, for those of you that don't know is the, um, iconic jeopardy host yes. for many, many years. He passed away of pancreatic cancer last year. And so all the question was around, you know, what is Jeopardy going to do? Are they, who are they going to bring on? It's not going to be anywhere, you know, nobody's going to do the job that Alex Trebek did. Right. And so I think Jeopardy is doing it the right way. They're bringing out guest hosts. I think Dr. Oz was a guest host. Now you've got Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure who's coming on next, but they're doing it in such a fun way. You get to see all these different hosts, right? And Aaron Rodgers came out last night. One of the first things he said is how much he respected Alex Trebek. Um, and, how honored he was to be able to be hosting the show. And he did such a good job, Christine, but the best part of the entire show and the most amazing moment from his first day came from one of the contestants in final jeopardy. Not only did he not know the answer to the question, but he was also losing the contestant was by way more than double his total. So for those of you that know Jeopardy, like in double Jeopardy, I'm sorry, in final Jeopardy, you can bet, like, say you have two, $2,000 and the person who's winning has $5,000. I mean, the person who's winning that has $5,000 can just bet zero and you can bet 2000 and you still won't win. Right. So he had way less than double the guy who was in the lead and he didn't know the answer. And so I don't even remember what the question was, but the answer that he wrote on his little screen that like came up on the TV screen was who wanted to kick that field goal. And I, (laughs) he threw straight shade. I could not stop laughing. Christine. I seriously, I, and I had, I was honored too. Cause I had a couple of people text me last night, like, wait, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? And 
as a reminder, do you um, want to give everybody a reminder of what, what that guy meant whenever he said who wanted to kick that field goal? Yeah. So it was probably still a sore subject for Aaron Rodgers because the game that there's yeah, too soon is right. The game that they're referring to that this contestant was referring to was the one um, that actually eliminated them from the playoffs and yes. their chance to go to the Super Bowl. And it was first the Bucks, mm-hmm. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. There was two minutes left in the game. They were down, I believe, I don't know, was it eight points? Sarah? Yes, they were down by eight points. Yep. Two minutes left in the game. And instead of going for it on fourth down, they were on the eight yard line too, which means they were eight yards from, they were 24 feet from the end zone. And as a reminder, if they would have scored or if they score a touchdown, that's six points. And then a two point conversion is two points. So that was only one possession. They were down by one possession with two minutes and nine seconds left. So instead of going for it, which the world just expected them to do, Matt LaFleur is one of the coaches. He decided to just kick the field goal, which only got them three points. So that is the field goal that that contestant was referring to in his answer, who decided to kick the field goal. It literally will live in infamy is like the worst coaching call ever, ever. I mean, we, we talked about it on one of our, I know we talked about it on one of our episodes and I'll, I'll let you guys know exactly which episode it was. If you want to listen to all of the nitty gritty details and, and what Christine and I thought about it and what could have happened and blah, 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 blah. But it's never going away for Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Like literally, no, is going to be the thorn in his side that keeps coming back to haunt him. And And it's not even his fault. It's not even his fault. It wasn't even even his his decision. Here's the thing though, Sarah, with, with back to Jeopardy, like he loved doing Jeopardy so much. He came out in an interview and said that he would love to be the host of Jeopardy. I know. And, the, and then he kind of like broke up a little bit. So the guy was like, wait, 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 just for the record, you were confirming that you want to be the host of Jeopardy. And he was like, yeah, I would love to be the host of Jeopardy. Oh my gosh. That is so How cool. How fun would that be? I mean, I know. And what, what a plot twist, you know, like most players when they retire, and they're done playing football, they go on to broadcasting or something like that, you would never in a million years guess that Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, would retire and become the host of Jeopardy. But I mean, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. He was so perfect. It's like he was just fit for the role, right? Like he was such a natural. He was so just like easygoing, even in the face of adversity. When that guy said that thing about the field goal at the very end and final jeopardy, like he just kind of put his head down and laughed it off. It was hysterical. I think it took him a second to process what he was talking about. And then he put his head down with like realization of what he was talking about. And he was like, that should be the correct answer, but it, and unfortunately it's not. Yes, I know for sure. Well, moving on to major league baseball, Christine. So this has been huge. The major league, um, major league baseball has moved their all-star game from Atlanta, Georgia to Denver, Colorado, um, because of the voting laws that were passed in Georgia last month. What were the voting laws? Yeah. So just very high level without going into like all the nitty gritty details. Um, basically like the, the biggest highlight of the voting law, um, is that voters are now required an ID number, like a driver's license number to apply Mm -hmm. for an absentee ballot. How does that have anything to do with the MLB all-star game? 
Well, what they're saying is that this, uh, this law is going to prohibit certain areas of Atlanta to be able to vote. So it's kind of like adding an additional layer of um, like requirements oh. to vote. And so for, you know, these not so wealthy parts of Atlanta that were, you know, wanting absentee ballots mm -hmm. are kind of being like squashed because they're not going to have a driver's license number or some sort of an ID number to apply for and get an absentee ballot. So it's kind of, it's, it's looked at as voter suppression. And because of that, um, the MLB is moving or has moved officially the all-star game from Atlanta to Denver, Colorado. So yay for major league baseball. For I know. Stand. That's yes. amazing. Yes. And absolutely. Denver, Colorado is a much better place than Atlanta, Georgia, in my opinion. Anyways. Well, I just feel bad for the players because coming from experience going to Denver, Colorado, the elevation, like they don't call it the mile high city for nothing. Like the elevation there, like if you're there all the time, you get used to it. But if you're not yeah. there all the time, like when I tell you I was out of breath, like walking 10 feet and then I drank one beer and it might, might as well have had 10. Like I was looped because of the <laughs> elevation. It's crazy. Like you save you, a lot of money that way. That's true. That's true. But <laughs> what I mean, they need I, to do is just go to a higher elevation on their weekends, just oh, yeah. go up to the mountains and get train used in the mountains. to it. That's yeah. true. That's true. So this kind of brings up the perfect opportunity to explain what the MLB all-star game is. And it's very similar to the NBA all-star game, which I know we went pretty far into detail about, but it's just an exhibition game in mid-July and it's for the best players from both the American and the national league, which is, the, which are the two sides of the, um, of major league baseball. And then they play each other and then they split a purse usually around like a million dollars. Right. And if you don't know what the purse is, I highlighted it on our Instagram page. So yeah, go to our Instagram page and listen to what the purse is. It's very simple. It's very simple. And the highlight that we have on our Instagram that says golf purse is like, it's basically the exact same situation. Like it's the same kind of thing. Um, and if you're not really sure, like what a purse is, <laughs> you can watch the, the highlight Yeah, and get, get a um, good idea. But speaking of golf purses, Christine, here we are. It is officially master's, master's week. week. So I'm not going to be able to watch it this Saturday because I'm going to be in a wedding, which I'm really excited about, but I am going to watch it on Sunday. So I'll be able to see who the winner is. Yes, I know. Very exciting. I, so for those of you that don't know, I said something about it on the Instagram story, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the whole week is known as master's week, right? And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are practice rounds. So the players can go out, they can, you know, play rounds if they want to, like the 18 holes of the golf course, they can play on the driving range. They can putt, warm up, whatever, get used to the But course. they don't televise any of it. Not really. No. And I'm not sure, honestly, if they're doing the par three competition this year. So historically go back. I know we keep telling you guys this, but go back and listen to the bonus episode with Joe, the golf guy. He breaks down all of the history of Augusta national, which is where the masters is played. It's the golf course and all of the golf basics that you need to know so that you can enjoy the masters this week. Um, but I, they historically have the par three competition on Wednesday. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, they did not have it last year because of COVID. So I'm not sure if they're going to have it this year or not, but the actual competition, the actual masters tournament 
tees off at three o'clock on Thursday. So you play Thursday, Friday, and then there's a cut and then the top, however many players will then fast forward play on Saturday and on Sunday. And yes, we will know who wins the masters on Sunday. And who gets to wear that green jacket because whoever wins the masters gets the green jacket. Yes. But while we're on winter, Sarah, we cannot move forward without talking about the NCAA men and women's championship. Wow. So let's, let's start with the men's because that was last night. It's fresh on our minds. I want to say it was a, an amazing game, but really, I mean, it- Baylor destroyed Gonzaga the entire game. I don't believe that Gonzaga was up at all. They weren't. I don't think the entire they, game. No, they weren't. I mean, um, Baylor came out and went up by 10. And then I think Gonzaga made a free throw. So at that point they were not being skunked anymore, but Baylor's defense was just too strong for Gonzaga. Gonzaga Baylor was too just small. Like such a better team altogether. Yes, they were. They were. And so Baylor won. They are national champions. And while we're speaking about champions, Christine, we got to give a holla, 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 holla girl, holla back girl to our bracket NCAA challenge, NCAA bracket challenge winner, Stephanie. And I don't know how to say her last name, Christine. What is it? Mature. Mature. Stephanie Mature, you are a winner. And Christina is number two. That's right. And Sarah is number two from the last. <laughs> I'm number like 12, <laughs> maybe like number 22. I'm really far down there. So anyway, I we should have done this before we rolled out our bracket challenge, but I wanted to kind of break down how the bracket points work, right? So why did Stephanie win? I think all in, let's just say she had the most points. Right. And she was kind of hovering right in the, like kind of in the top of the pack, but really like around fifth place, I believe. And then towards the end, she really, I mean, she really started to ramp up and obviously took, took the cake. Yes. Okay. Good point. So let me explain why. So the easiest way to describe the points, um, is, each round has the exact same number of points. It just gets divvied up among less and less games as the tournament goes on. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's 320 points for each round, but let's take the first round of 64. For example, if you pick all of those games, correct, there are 32 winning teams in the round of 64. So you only get 10 points for each one of those correct games. Whereas you, if you pick the correct teams that are going to the final four from the elite eight, you get 80 points. And then if you mm-hmm. pick the winner of the entire bracket, so the champion, which Stephanie picked and you picked Baylor, you each get 320 points. So it's honestly, def- this last round of the, bra- these last two rounds of the bracket are what brought me from the bottom all the way to the top because yeah. I had Gonzaga and Baylor in the final. Yes. And that's I how it works. A, yeah. I had a couple of, uh, from the elite eight too, but I, like you just said, I mean, I got all my points right there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, Christine knows a little bit about sports, Stephanie. I'm not sure what your knowledge is on sports. She's an Eagles fan, but what about basketball? Probably not much. 
I don't think she knows much about basketball. I could be wrong, Stephanie. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. No, but that's what makes it so fun. My, my point yes. is no matter how much you know about basketball, um, I learned something this year too. You know, I obviously built my bracket because it was like a, a dream bracket. It's what I wanted to happen, not what I actually thought was going to happen. And so what I think I'm going to do next year is have everybody be allowed to have two brackets not just one and you yes. can do like a fun one. So like my Virginia tech one in La La land would have been a dream bracket. And then I would have done like a more realistic. realistic. Bracket. Yeah. I so think everybody, yeah. So everybody can have one, but that being said, if you're listening and you're like, I don't know anything about basketball, literally that's perfect because you don't know. It makes you watch it. You have so much more fun. Rebecca painter, your friend, like I'm, I'm pretty sure she told us she picked based off the colors of the teams. Rebecca straight up said, Christine, I don't know anything about base or basketball. How am I winning? Cause she yeah. was in first pretty much the whole time. I know. I know. So anyways, again, this is your reminder. We will remind you again next year. If you did not fill out a bracket this year, we will allow you two for next year, fill out a bracket for next year. While we're talking championship, Sarah, we have to talk about that women's championship that happened the night before the men's because that came down to the buzzer. Yes, it did. So rip my heart out. And I'm so happy that I got your reaction live. Yeah. Rip <laughs> my heart out, putting on a cutting board and just butcher it because I, again, I'm just like, I don't know why it's like, I know I'm being unrealistic when it comes to picking teams, but I truly like mainly in the men's division, but I truly felt that Arizona was going to win that game. There is a girl who plays for Arizona. Her name, her last name is McDonald. She's short, but she is scrappy. Her handles, so her dribbling skills are out of this world. She can weave in and out of anybody. She had over 20 points for every single round of the NCAA championship. It came down to the buzzer. They were down by one point mm -hmm. and there were six seconds left. McDonald got the ball. She got triple teamed. Mm -hmm. Threw the ball up and missed the three pointer. And to be honest, Christine, I hate that this is going to be a stain on her resume because she did do so well for all of the previous rounds, but it was not the right play. If there were three people on her, that she means passed it. Somebody right. was open underneath. That's right. It means that there was somebody else open and they would have had an easy shot, but she was under pressure. She didn't feel like she had enough time to do it. So yeah. There's just... only a few seconds. I mean, <sighs> I don't even know if there were a few, I think it was like two seconds left. Like there was yeah. a very, very minuscule amount of time Yes, yes. and they did, they were so close to winning that. And I got Sarah's reaction live and I've never seen Sarah at, for a loss for words <laughs> ever in my life. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to get Sarah's reaction. And she just stared at the TV <laughs> and then just slowly turned and stared at me <laughs> like, no, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was like, it was very similar to the UCLA Gonzaga game from the night before where it was just like, I mean, he made that half court shot to go into the final. And yeah. I just like stood there next to the TV with my like mouth wide open, just like, I have no words. Like I absolutely have no words. It was a very similar situation. That being said, congratulations to Stanford. 
awesome job. I can't believe that the college men's and women's basketball season is come to a close. Over. I, I know. know March Madness is such an exciting time. It's always like a little depressing whenever it's over. I know it's crazy, but, but with college basketball on topic, Sarah, we should go ahead and mention that Roy Williams, who is the coach of UNC for 33 years, you guys, 33 years. He's been the coach for longer than I've been alive. <laughs> And Sarah, for longer than we've both been alive. Retired. You say that like I'm so much older than you. And Sarah. <laughs> He's even coached longer than Sarah's been alive. Okay, wow. That's a long time. A very long time. <laughs> yeah, no, she's only two years older than me. You're right. I didn't make it seem like that. But he retired after 33 years. Yep. And he handed his role over to a black coach named Hubert Davis, who is the absolute freaking cutest man alive. And he loves UNC basketball and is the very first person of color in a coaching role for UNC ever, ever. That's seriously the coolest stat. And I was watching. Okay. So first of all, let's just talk about, let's just talk about Hubert because I was melting into the TV screen the other night him talking about his love for UNC and Chapel Hill and how his family's grown up there and he went to school there and he played basketball there. And it's like his heart and soul is at Chapel Hill and what yep. an honor it was for him to get the head coaching job and just him gushing about Roy Williams and how much he's learned from him and how he was able to relate and chop it up with the guys on ESPN. I mean, he is a phenomenal person. I can just tell from that five minute interview that I watch. And I'm so excited for UNC basketball because I think Roy realized with their seasons, the last couple of years that they had kind of eat, taken mm -hmm. a little die. They hadn't Especially been this past year. Yeah. As big of a powerhouse as they were in the past. And so I'm excited to see Hubert come in. He's got all new blood. He'll be perfect for recruiting. Um, mm -hmm. and, hopefully they'll turn things around and be a much better basketball team this year. It'll definitely be an exciting season starting season for him as the head coach. And I'm excited to watch them. Um, but two, there is a little bit of coaching drama going on Ooh. outside of Roy Williams. So a little bit of the spill the tea segment for today. Um, it's very coach heavy, but Texas tech, their coach is going to the university of Texas officially. Why Officially, oh. they've already replaced him. But I'm like, why is why, why is this a big deal? It's because, for one, fans loved Chris Beard is the was the coach for Texas Tech. Fans loved him because he's been the coach for Texas Tech for five years. He kind of came on and like nobody really knew much about him, and then he completely turned the program around, brought Texas Tech to one final, and then was in the NCAA tournament for three years in a row. So. He got offered this job at UT, which is where he graduated from. So he kind of was always wanted to coach. And this is the anyways. basketball coach. I don't know why I was thinking it was the football coach. This is the basketball coach. Yes, this is the basketball coach. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, so he got offered a job at UT, which is where he graduated from. And it's a huge deal that he's going to UT because Texas Tech and UT are conference rivals and in-state rivals. So the fans are not happy about it because he's leaving this team that he completely turned around 
Texas Tech was literally never a consistent tournament team until Chris Beard, and now he got offered more money. He's like, deuces, Tech, I'm going to UT. Oh, but Just because I mean, he got offered more money. Okay, but that being said, didn't they have like a whole like campaign around like trying to get him to stay? Yes. Oh my gosh. Fans were coming through wanting to offer him free food for, for like a year. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes came through and was like, you can't leave us. You Aww. know, like all the fans were coming out and just being like, please don't leave. And he left and he left. And, and, you know, I, I think that fans too, were kind of hoping that he would be similar to the Baylor coach. So a little background on the Baylor coach, his name is Scott drew and he's been the coach, the basketball coach for Baylor since 2003. So he's been their coach for a really long time through thick and thin, like mm-hmm. real thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of legal issues at the beginning of his careers. They weren't able to get recruits, but the coach stayed loyal to the school and the school stayed loyal to the coach. And in that eight, in that 18 years that he's been their coach, he has now completely turned around the Baylor basketball program. And obviously, as you guys saw last night, brought them to the championship to win it. So I know, I think, I think fans were just hopeful because Texas tech has just never been that great of a basketball school. Yeah. Um, and he came, came in, turned the program around, brought him to the final, brought him to many NCAA championships leaving. Now he's leaving. So he's going to be in for a rude awakening that game that UT and Texas tech play each other. (sighs) I don't think he's going to, he's going to get booed so hard. Okay. So who is the new coach for Texas tech? So the new coach, his name is Mark Adams. Where did he come from? Or is he just like a new guy? So he was actually a top assistant who worked under Chris Beard. Oh, okay. So he's already at Texas Tech and knows the team. That's awesome. Yeah. So fingers crossed that he can kind of follow in his footsteps and bring them some more NCAA championships. You like don't want to wish any like bad on anybody else. Cause obviously he needed to do what was right for him and his family. But at the same time, you just like, I know you wish and you hope that these small market teams, um, these, these teams that, you know, the smaller schools with, you know, the coaches who turn the programs around that they'll want to stay with them forever. But it is, I mean, we're talking about this. We're, we're definitely spilling the tea on this one because he is leaving and they did have a whole huge campaign around keeping him in Lubbock, mm-hmm. but it is and fans are salty about it. They're salty about it. That being said, it is pretty, I don't want to say standard, but there are a lot of of college basketball coaches that when they do like their, when they turn their first team around, they usually get like offers from much larger schools for much more money. And we do see a lot of like Virginia tech It happened with buzz Williams. I don't even know where he is now, but he was one of my favorite basketball coaches for tech because he was so emotional and so powerful and he Mm -hmm. did such a great job um, with the organization. And he ended up leaving and going to a bigger school who was able to pay him a little bit more money. So it is, it's a pretty, pretty popular thing to do. And I, I mean, I get it, but like, and you, Michael made a good point too. Like you think about it from a geographical standpoint too. Would you rather live in Lubbock, Texas, which is the middle of the desert where there's literally nothing to do and it's all very flat. Or would you rather live in Austin, Texas where UT is? Yeah. You know, where there's a lot more to do. You're getting paid more money. You're in a cooler place. That's true. It's just sad. I I get it. It is just sad because like you said, you just kind of hope that all the stories would end up like the Baylor coach where he stays loyal. The school stays loyal to him. And then they just have this Cinderella story where they're like the best. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, well, that concludes this week's episode of It Sports 
You guys are the best and we love you guys. And make sure you follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.